This podcast contains explicit language. Viewer discretion is advised. This week on the Max Rustin Podcast. The Royal Rumble gets rowdy. A weekend packed full of wrestling. And we have the honor of being joined by Ring of Honor's very own Kelly Klein. This is the pretty badass Kelly Klein telling you to turn it to 11 and take it to the max. Monumental week last week, which saw the end of Mike Larkin's 364-day reign as Knowledge Champion, and you'll be glad you came back. Welcome to Max Wrestling Podcast, episode 151. I am Dazzy Dangerously, and I'm not with the Butcher this week. Hopefully, we'll get him back next week. But he may may not be the champion anymore, but he's still our captain. He is, of course, Mike Larkin. What's going on, man? Longest reigning champ that is, and uh, again, that was a that was a hell of a special last week. And uh, just shout out to everybody, man. Thanks as always. Yeah, you still broke a record. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, you are responsible for our special guest this week, so I'm going to hand over to you to make the introduction. Oh, this is uh, it's always it's a pleasure. I'm happy to have this guest on. Uh, we recently did a two part series on the SNM Show Podcast Network. And I brought it over to the shores of Max Wrestling. We are on the line with the great gatekeeper herself, the pretty badass Ring of Honor superstar, Women of Honor competitor, Miss Kelly Klein. Kelly, welcome to Max Wrestling. Hello, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. Um, so we're going to leave all the uh, mainstream stuff till later on, and let's get into this, because um, you made your... ROH debut in 2015. Is it right you had a 533-day undefeated streak? Uh, well, you know, that depends on who you ask. I think that's what they're officially reporting. <laughs> Just slightly longer than you, Mike. None- yes. Nonetheless, <laughs> impressive. Of course. Uh, only defeated by Karen Q in ROH. Well, I don't know if I would really call a count-out a defeat. <laughs> that's what By I'm definition saying. of the word. Um... But, you know, I've not been, uh, I've, I've not lost a match by pin or submission, so call there it what you will. There's a <laughs> I'll call it what I will. <laughs> That's good enough for us. Uh, now, of course, you were trained by uh, BJ Whitmer. What was, what, what was that like? Um, so I was more, like, trained with Les Thatcher and then BJ um, trained with Les Thatcher years before I did. So he was, um, helping out. So I had, uh, less than BJ and then another, um, another previous student of Les's named Tarek who were all, um, you know, kind of helping with the training at the same time. And that was really cool because even though Tarek and BJ had both trained under Les, they had also both, um, 
gone different places and gotten different experiences, had um, kind of developed different ideas, different backgrounds and everything. So there were times when I could really get feedback and insight from all three of those people that would be different and get um, kind of different perspectives and be able to, to take advantage of just such varied knowledge and everything. Um, Les himself has been in the wrestling business for almost 60 years. So he has worked in every aspect of the wrestling business from in ring to TV production, to writing, to training. I mean, absolutely everything. So he is just a complete wealth of knowledge. He was on the forefront of a lot of really um, big innovations in wrestling in the past. And, uh, and, and then to get to a point where I'm, you know, less Thatcher approved is a pretty big deal. <laughs> I think, you know, that is just to go back to that. I mean, less Thatcher, I mean, you know, we talk about it and I got to say, we got to get those t-shirts ready. You know, I'm a less Thatcher gallon, but the, the thing is you look at less and his body of work. I mean, we talk about yourself, uh, BJ Whitmer, uh, Dean Ambrose, uh, Nigel McGinnis, uh, Jamie Noble, uh, Rosie and Umaga. Uh, Matt Stryker, the wide Matt Stryker, not I-K-E-R. Uh, <laughs> Collier, Charlie Haas, Shannon Moore, Jimmy Yang. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, the dude is who of probably one of the greatest trainers out there. I don't remember what which year it actually started, but um, you know, his training school was the developmental facility for WWE. He's worked for a lot of the major companies. All right. I don't know what happened. You got like, mooted out for a second. You know what? Let's just... Do the usual and blame Skype. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was about That's to fair. say, man, take it away. And then all of a sudden, there, there you were gone, man. Come back. I got booted and I didn't even insult anybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a preemptive boot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the Women of Honor tournament has kicked off. Um, you are, of course, the odds-on favorite. How's it going? How would you, you like your chances? Well, as you said, I'm, of course, the odds-on favorite. Um, you know, at this point, I have faced a lot of the women that are participating in the tournament, and I have defeated them. So, you know, knowing that I've I've already faced some of them, and some of them I've defeated more than once, so... You know, I, I know, you know, what a lot of them have, have to offer. Um, even three of the four women competing from stardom, I have been in the ring with, um, not in singles matches, but in tag team situations. So I'm familiar with them as well. So, you know, I feel, um, as always, I, I feel prepared and I will continue to be preparing myself. Um, I had one of the probably more challenging situations in the first round, uh, which was a match that I know a lot of people wanted to see. And um, a lot of people will be really excited uh, when that comes out on the women of honor Wednesday. But I faced Bonesaw Jesse Brooks, who uh, is in a lot of ways, um, kind of my, my doppelganger, um, not even my foil because she's got, you know, kind of a, an aggressive attitude too. So it wouldn't even be like, she's, we're just so similar. So um, I knew when they, when the matchmakers put us together in that, that first round, you know, okay, well, they know that everybody wants to see 
her and me beat the crap out of each other and they want to see who's going to last longer. So I had to last longer. <laughs> um, and that, that's, you know, all it came down to, but I knew going in, like she was so much like me that while I knew that meant she was going to be a challenge. I also knew that I knew her and what to expect. I knew she wasn't going to give up easily. I knew she was going to come hard. I knew that she was, you know, going to probably be showing up with, um, a lot of my same repertoire. So, uh, that was, uh, really interesting to be, you know, in a situation where normally, you know, I'm picking people up and throwing them around and they're not really doing the same to me. I was in a scenario where, uh, I was with somebody who could actually do <laughs> some of the same things to me. So I think people will be really, really happy to see that. And I was, um, that was a really good kind of kickoff for me to just, have that challenge and, and come through. Absolutely. Um, now let's go further back a little bit. Uh, how old were you when you started wrestling? Um, I was probably like 19, I think, when I when I started. Nice. So I was, you know, not, there are definitely some women who start, like... <laughs> Actually, I wrestled a girl one time when she was 13, so I don't know how that <laughs> worked. But, uh, and then you've got the girls in Japan that are like eight-year veterans when they're 15. So, uh, but you know, I yeah, I started you know, not you know, not quite as young, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, as we like to say on this show, Mike. Yes, it is what it is. <laughs> you know what it is, too? I mean, the Japanese influence is great. I mean, we talk about the stardom athletes that are in there, and I think one you've actually had the pleasure to be with, and I mean, she, this girl has done a lot of great work in Japan, but i got to ask you about working Jenny Rose. I mean, Jenny Rose is another one. She's done a lot of great work in Japan, great work in Women of Honor. Talk about working with Jenny Rose. Um, yeah, she, she's got a lot of time that she's spent in Japan, so... Um, I kind of joked when I came back because ever since I've met her, all she ever talks about is how great Japan is and she misses it and she can't wait to go back. And every, every time she has an opportunity to go back, she's so happy. And I kind of all that time was like, okay, yeah, it's, it's probably pretty good. But um, once I went, then I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. It is awesome. And yeah, I mean, and then, you know, we mentioned getting people like Sumi Sakai, who's another one. I mean, there's so many great talents coming into Women of Honor. I mean, uh, I know Holla Dead, who was uh, one half of the uh, Twisted Sisters with Thunder mm -hmm. Rose, a.k.a. Cobra Moon of Lucha Underground, just did some work for Women of Honor. I was very happy to see someone who I've seen out here in the Northeast, like Nikki Adams of the Black Rose, did some work for Ring uh, Women of Honor recently as mm -hmm. well. I think just overall, it's just it's great to see some of the great talents that are coming through there. And I mean, just like, you know, we just saw the women's uh, Royal Rumble this past week. I mean, you guys are just making history. It's not as far as just what women's wrestling, but this Women of Honor tournament's really heating up. Yeah. And it, over the last two and a half years, we have had I, I had been keeping count at one point and I need to update my count. But we had had over 30 women compete in Women of Honor. And it was really just incredible to see how many women were um, working and training. And I mean, there were women from the United States. Um, we 
had you know people from from overseas compete. We had women come back who had um, previously competed in Ring of Honor before they really launched this Women of Honor division. We had um, women that had more recently graduated the Ring of Honor dojo. We had you know just such a variety um, available. And uh, the fact that there were just so many women to draw from and, uh, you know, in women's wrestling in general, and for us in particular, it's, it's a really great position to be in where we really can draw from such a huge talent pool and then get to the point where we can um, pick and choose and allow the talent to be able to, to really figure out, you know, if it's a good fit and there are, um, you know, some women who, it's it's just like a puzzle piece and we all just fit together and kind of start to develop this division uh where we all you know have our place and and can work with and against each other in in different ways that that just really work so um at this point I I would have to look back and see how many women we've had had come through but just to be able to um, give all those different people and a lot of new talent opportunities and, and to kind of have access just to, to figure out really the core group of women who are going to work and um, just continue to be able to add people in like we are with this tournament. You know, you're, you're going to see some people who have competed before and then some new faces that uh, haven't competed in women of honor before. And, and, you know, it's just, it's a great place for women, women's wrestling actually in general to be. Yeah, and as Mike mentioned, um, the first women's Royal Rumble took place this past weekend. And the arrival of Ronda Rousey obviously divided a lot of people. Um, I mean, what, what's your take on it? How would you feel if somebody like Ronda came into Women of Honor? I have heard some of the different um, sides of, of that argument. And... I do understand um, different perspectives, but I guess for me, I it didn't strike me at the time just because for such a long time, I just expected that she was going to show up there. Um, so at, at the time, it didn't really occur to me just because <laughs> I was just expecting, you know, something. Um yeah. You know, I feel like the women that are in other industries or similar industries have been working really hard. And even, um, you know, there are people that are like, okay, well, we've been doing wrestling or this or that for so long. And then they just waltz right in. Well, those people have been working yeah. And they've been working hard and it's, you know, maybe a, like a lateral move for them, but it's, it's not that they just waltz right in. They, they get to make that lateral move because they've worked so hard and they've worked to where they are in a position that it makes sense to someone for them to do that. And it makes sense as far as business, um, you know, for someone who is, developed such a brand and such a name for themselves that it's, it's only going to help everybody. So, um, 
I don't think that any of the other women involved in that scenario were upset or angry because I think they all understand that what's good for the entire division and what's good for the entire business is going to be good for each of them. Um, and, and that's, you know, kind of how I see it. I mean, if, if they had, if we had had the opportunity to have Ronda Rousey come into ring of honor, that, that only would have helped the whole company and that would have helped each of us. So, uh, to me, it's as long as I'm, I'm getting paid to do what I love, then I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, see, that, that's my opinion, too. Uh, Mike, when I was showing you um, all the tweets this week, you were saying, don't worry, it's a work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you know, and, you know, you see also around Royal Rumble time that, you know, you also see, like, these rumors. I think Kelly was a part of them, too. Oh, you know, she's going to be in the Rumble. I mean, you do realize that these people have contracts <laughs> and contracted <laughs> I'm just like, come on, man. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I mean, it's gotta be flattering for you, Kelly. But it's like, God dang, man. You know, these people are contracted to certain companies, but it's like, hey, all right, I, I see where they're coming. They want to do the fantasy booking. Yeah, I'm glad people are so excited, and I'm. It's kind of cool that they, that we do have fans that watch more than one product, and they see just women's wrestling as a whole. Um, so that's that's great, but there are sometimes when you know people ask me questions and I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't work there. Why would I be? You know, it's it just doesn't make sense. But um, and for me, you know, it's not the be all end all that I have a certain company on my paycheck right now. I am able to see my friends and family and you know, live, um, in, in a place really of my choosing. And I've been able to coach softball simultaneously while, um, while wrestling, go to school while wrestling. And, um, you know, it's, it's given me a, a really good balance of freedom while being able to make a living. So, you know, that's something that, really is working for me right now and that doesn't mean that it's the only way or the right way or even the only way or right way for me but right now it is and for me right now it is you know there are definitely other other people and other women in particular who are in different scenarios they are newer to wrestling they're younger or they don't have other things um that are priorities in their life that you know for me that maybe rate at a level where I want to make sure that I can keep those involved in my life you know some people where if if they don't have those things and they can just drop everything and move for wrestling which years ago I was in that position and could have done that you know everybody just got a different story and they're in a different place and they want different things and want a different balance in their lives and that's up to each individual so um you know but it's it it is just pretty funny when people say oh well you could just do this for one night well no why would I do that you know and and why would I (laughs) why would I go work for them for one night and then you know not work for them and then what does that do 
to my relationship with Ring of Honor, I mean, that just, to me, that's silly. Uh, when I have a really good thing going, I'm not going to uh, do something to jeopardize that where if it's like a one night thing, then it's kind of like, okay, well, that's sort of a big risk for maybe a lower reward um, in, in certain scenarios. You know, that that's not them coming to me and offering me a job, which they really can't do right now because um, I am under contract. So <laughs> it's just the whole thing. I mean, people just, they don't think about that stuff and that's okay. That's great because that is the behind the scenes kind of stuff. And they are, you know, as fans watching the story and, you know, suspending reality and, and doing all that stuff. So that's great because that's what we, we, that is what we want them to do. We don't want them to be obsessing over and analyzing all those some do the ins and outs of the, the contracts and, and the business. Absolutely. And I mean, we talk about, again, going back to what we found for a second, uh, some of your opponents, I mean, uh, Mandy Leon is another one that really sticks out. I think she's just another tremendous talent. I mean, you got to also work with a Scarlet Bordeaux also not only in singles, but in tag matches as well. I mean, talk about working with those two ladies. Uh, yeah, Mandy um, will be part of the tournament. So, She's somebody I've never worked with in singles. Um, I've been in, I think, a six-woman tag situation with her. Right. So if we um, if we end up facing each other, I haven't actually seen the whole bracket, so I don't know how everything lines up. And uh, you know, when once people are able to look at those, then we can start to kind of take take our guesses, like who's gonna meet where. Um, so I don't know, um, but there i do know that um from what i've seen i believe that the matchmakers and bracket makers have done it in a way um to make it possible for some never before seen matches to potentially happen as well as some matches that you know i think people really want to see so um you know then we'll just we'll see what happens but i know that the the possibility will most likely be there, um, you know, for me to have some of these matches that have never happened before. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, like we mentioned, Mandy Leon, Scarlett Bordeaux, I mean, pretty much anything, like I mentioned, I, we've talked about you just running the gauntlet, Kelly, but I mean, you, again, just to, to hark back with, I mean, there's so many great talents that you can get into. I mean, I know you've, I've seen some of your tweets as well. I mean, Chelsea Green is one I know that I think you would have a great match with. I would love to see you against um, Casey Spinelli, who's another one out there. Her and Rosemary were a tag team as the Danger Zone. We see her on Impact Wrestling. Uh, there's just so many, like, you know, opponents as well that, I mean, that you could see in the tournament just in general that are just amazing, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really hoping... Uh to get you know, an opportunity to wrestle against some of the, um, the women from stardom in singles matches, because I've not been able to, um, to do that. And I know those would be some really incredible matchups. Des, go ahead. Absolutely. We love first time matches. Uh, now, <clears throat> um, obviously there's a big connection with, uh, new Japan for us and with, uh, ROH. Uh, do you think it's played a part in more exposure for Ring of Honor in terms of locally? Um, I think that, you know, I that's kind of hard for me to say just because I don't 
I don't really know what the, the buy rates and views are like. Um, I think that here it may, um, it may have kind of done, I could totally be wrong cause I'm completely just guessing, but it, it may have sort of done the opposite just because there are a lot of households that get ring of honor just on their TV. So those would be people that, you know, would have just easy access when they're flipping through the channels and see ring of honor and, and then would see and hear about these new Japan wrestlers and then maybe go, you know, okay, who's this guy and, and go look, um, you know, online and, and find out more. And then, you know, ideally the, the hope is that then they, you know, buy the, um, streaming service and, and watch the pay-per-views and everything. Um, so, and then, you know, vice versa, the, the hope is that people that are following new Japan and then see these ring of honor wrestlers do the same. And then they go, um, pursue that. But I, my guess would just be that here, um, based on how many people would just have easy, regular access to ring of honor that then those people, you know, hopefully would see these new Japan wrestlers and, and pursue that. And yeah, I mean, and then also I just wanted to bring this up as well. I mean, we talked about this before Daz came on. I just wanted to say also, but besides as a wrestler, Kelly, I mean, probably one of the big things that you're with is uh, fitness. And, you know, you always do these inspirational quotes, and you're just very a positive human being. I just want to get your thoughts on the fitness uh, side of things because you do great with it as far as fitness goes as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not possible to really be – very successful in wrestling without having some level of, of fitness and, and self-awareness of what your body's capable of. Um, so that was something that, that was really important to me in order to continue to improve and advance in wrestling was, um, just to, to do the best that I could for my body and everybody's different. So it took me a long time. I was actually really, trying for years and years and years and um i was trying different things that worked for different people but they just weren't really working for me and um i like everybody you know i ha i am different and everybody's gonna be different so um there are still always obstacles and challenges that i face so i just you know try to learn as much as i can um in general and then learn as much as i can about like what works and what doesn't work for me and um, try to find the balance within my life and do what I can, um, you know, and, and with like recently, I, I know, Michael, we've talked about I, I just moved uh, to a different state. So mm. that was a big challenge. And, um, you know, it's not really a setback, but definitely something that, uh, you know, I had to kind of take my focus a little bit more um for for a while there so you know finding those those kinds of balances and harmonies in life um and and being able to find then what works for me and um you know so i, I like to be able to help people because for years um you know people would come to me and ask me questions about things and i i always like to try to just share what i know for you know what works for me what i've learned what i've read um share resources and um I think one of the biggest things, though, is for years and years and years, and for as long as anybody can remember, there's always a magazine or a book and then the internet. There's always the information out there, 
and um, that's not really the the big challenge. I think for a lot of people, it's not that the information or the articles aren't there or that the gym isn't there and accessible. It's really finding that motivation and finding that support system. So that's something that I really focus on um, because once that honeymoon period goes away and then you have to fight through sticking with what you're trying to do, that's when it's just really easy to go back to your old habits unless you've got a really good support system or um, something that is helping to motivate you to keep going and to keep pushing and to fight through those, those times that are challenging when it would um, really just seem like a good idea to, to give up. (laughs) And um, you know, so that's what I focus on because I, you know, I can't tell every single person what's best for them. They've got to, you know, try to figure that out. I will help offer suggestions and resources, but um, the main focus for me is just to offer a, a place where people can get that kind of support and motivation Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> and now it's safe to say uh, Ring of Honor will give you a pretty good push uh, did you know from the beginning they were going to give you such a good run with only one loss which isn't really a loss yes <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I really didn't know what was going to happen and it's not that um, certain ideas weren't presented to me because they were, and, and there were actually some ideas at the beginning that be, for various reasons kind of didn't really happen um, the way they had been presented to me. Uh, with that being said, I, I always take everything with a grain of salt anyway, because in, in anything and in wrestling for sure, you never really know that something's happening until it's actually happening because things can change in an instant. Um, and there are so many variables and so many moving parts that can cause something just to reroute. So um, every day it's, uh, you know, no matter what I know or what I've been told or what I think I know, I, I just, until I'm like walking through and going down the entrance ramp into a match, um, you know, I don't, I don't even know, even if somebody says, oh, you're going to wrestle so-and-so. Well, who knows what could happen? <laughs> so I just, um, my goal from the beginning was that I, I think I, I knew what they wanted to do, not, not as specific as, um, as framed in the question, but I knew what kind of the expectations were for me, but I had to deliver and I had to, um, you know, be able to hold up my end because, you know, I knew that if I didn't, and and this is still the case, if I don't deliver on what they need, then they will find someone else who can do that. And that's, you know, completely within their rights. If that's what they need and that's what the job is, then they need someone who, who can do that and fulfill that. So as far as, you know, that, undefeated and that streak and everything um had I gone out there I mean you would hope this wouldn't happen because you know I did try out so they didn't know what I was capable of but if for some reason I had gone out there and you know froze in front of the cameras (laughs) or you know whatever or um you know just 
freaked out in front of the crowds and couldn't couldn't deliver or perform the way I needed to, then yeah, they would have totally rerouted that. So. Um, I think all I, should, I can also say about that is, I mean, you've had again a hell of a run so far with Ring of Honor, doing the Women of Honor tournament. Uh, as far as professional wrestling goes, and I'll say this to you right now, with with it all ended. And yeah, I know you're still going to be kicking ass for these the next uh, upcoming years. But I gotta say, if you were not wrestling, and I've told you this, but you definitely need to do like some open mics or something because that voice, of course, is just <laughs> just had to bring that up. Well, I actually went to school for music, so um, that is my, you know, that would be my other career, and that's, you know, some that's what I was actually I was doing my student teaching simultaneously while I was wrestling for Ring of Honor. So um, just to go back, you know, that's an example of something I was able to maintain and pursue. Um, you know, so I've, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of cool stuff with music. I was able to perform with um, uh, my choir at Carnegie Hall. I was able to compete in the World Choir Games with that choir. Um, I've been able to be part of some composition and, and performances, um, you know, so that's definitely something that I've, um, you know, always, always continued to do and, and will definitely, uh, continue and, you know, in some capacity in music or education as well. Cool. Uh, now again, we mentioned the rumble and we saw a lot of old school women, uh, come back for the match. Um, what were your, who were your inspirations for getting into wrestling? I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling, um, so <laughs> I I didn't I didn't watch any of them. Um, I I got into wrestling because I went to a a live wrestling event um, at Heartland Wrestling Association, Les Thatcher's School, and I got completely hooked. Um, one of the first women I ever saw wrestle was actually Madison Eagles uh, when she was in the United States wrestling at Heartland Wrestling Association. So uh, I would say, you know, she is definitely somebody who um, made a, a, a big impact on me um, when I saw her. But if anything, actually, Trish Stratus kind of um, <laughs> was, was a little bit of a roadblock because uh, when I started wrestling, my mom was really not um not really going for it she was really concerned and a big concern was because she had seen um you know the stuff in the attitude era with vince mcmahon and trish stratus <laughs> so um i thought she was absolutely fabulous in the rumble but um <laughs> you know oddly enough that was i know that she was um cause for concern for my mom Oh, yeah. I mean, I was about 10 at that time. I think if my mom had seen that, I wouldn't be doing a wrestling podcast today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you were 10. I dude, I was 9, and I'm watching freaking Vince McMahon making Trish Stratton bark like a dog. I'm like, God dang, man. Yeah, that... She was, she was a little worried about that. I remember one time, I think she, you know, kind of brought that up. Well, what if you were wrestling, and then, you know, your boss asked you to do this? <laughs> well it is very very different these days uh, I think women get a lot more respect in the industry these days 
uh, especially in the last couple of years. Agree. Yeah, and you know, part of that was, and I and I've said this before, um, and I've said it at the time. Um, I I think there are a lot of women who have done you know, they've done that and they've done the pillow fights and the lingerie fights and everything because, you know, they wanted to wrestle and they had to put up with that stuff to do the stuff they wanted to do. And those women putting up with that stuff so that they had the opportunity to, to show what else they were capable of is really a huge part of what, what brought us here. And it doesn't mean that every woman who ever did a pillow fight or lingerie match uh, you know, showed a, you know, a, a great match or great athleticism, but there were enough of them that did that stuff and got through it. And, um, and I'm sure, you know, they had fun because like, who doesn't have fun slapping your friend in the face with a pillow? But, <laughs> um, you know, but as far as wrestling goes, um, you know, I, I really think we do have to um, kind of respect what some of those women did put up with so that they could get women seen and get them in wrestling and then um, take that opportunity to show what else we could do. Right. And I can't be amiss. And uh, Kelly, again, thank you so much again for coming on Max with us today. I know you and I will work together in the future. And if you ever want to come back on with Max as well with us, we'd be more than happy to have you. That would be awesome. I'd love to. All right, so, Daz, I was talking to you about this as well, and Kelly and I talked about it on our series as well. Yeah. Kelly, we got to get that match with you in the UK in 2018. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to. I'm, I'm glad to uh, be on a podcast and, you know, overseas officially. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I would love to uh, be able to be involved in, uh, you know, I was, I've said this before to some people, but there are some really incredible women over there. Um, you know, I've gotten to work with a couple of them, but uh, there are so many that I really, really have got to um, get a chance to work with. So I got to get over there. <laughs> oh, yeah, some great talent over here. <sighs> All right. I'd have to be there for a while, I think, too, to, to get a chance with. You know, there's so many. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you got to get in the U.K. And I don't know if you've worked in Mexico yet, Kelly, but Mexico is another one you I could see definitely with some uh, luchadoras as well. Yeah, I have not uh, gone down there yet, so who knows? So I, we can both say it, and we can all agree that the future is bright for you, Kelly. So absolutely. And uh, Kelly, before we do close this out with you, uh, please promote the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram again, uh, the upcoming events, Women of Honor, Ring of Honor. Uh, the floor is yours. Thanks so much, as always. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, all of my social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are Real Kelly Klein, R-E-A-L-K-E-L-L-Y-K-L-E-I-N. And I will be appearing next on February 9th and 10th in Concord, North Carolina, and Atlanta, Georgia for Ring of Honor. Uh, so if, if there are even tickets left, uh, make sure you go get those and always check ROHWrestling.com to see 
the upcoming schedule of events. I think they've got them up there um, through like May or June so far, and they'll be adding more events as they're confirmed. So, um, but I know that uh, they've been selling out a lot of buildings. Um, Atlanta in particular is often um, sold out pretty quickly. So um, just always keep an eye on that. And, um, you know, I, I should be at most of all, most, if not all of the ring of honor events, um, whether I'm, you know, appearing on a meet and greet or, um, like we just saw, I did commentary with Ian Riccoboni, um, or competing in the ring. So, um, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll be around most of the time, but, um, no matter what we have, you know, gotten to the point where the women are, um, going to be represented on you know all of the all of the shows maybe with a couple of of exceptions but um there's always going to be something awesome <laughs> and kelly again thanks so much and uh daz and kelly just please guys again it's just been an absolute pleasure and kelly i'll be in touch with you in the near future as well it's been awesome an thank honor. you it really has been it thank honor. you so much daz yeah. i'm glad we got you back <laughs> Oh, me. Yes. Uh, thank you again for coming on. Um, hope you have a great day. You thank well. you. And thank you for getting up so early, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly. We'll, we'll definitely be in touch again. Thank you so much, as always. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Bye. Uh, before we go to a break, don't forget the next time we bring you a championship special is April 7th as we present the third annual. Promo Mania featuring Mike Larkin versus the new and first two-time knowledge champion Kenny Killer for that metaphorical strap in a showdown over one year in the making. We'll also be predicting NXT TakeOver and WrestleMania and the debut of the Iron Bank contract guaranteeing the winner a shot at the knowledge championship at any time in the following 12 months. No copyright infringement intended. And the first theme song is Machines by All Good Things as taken from their album of the same name, Machines. And it's available right now on iTunes and Spotify. For more information, go to maxwrestling.wix.com slash maxwrestling slash promomania3. podcast very very big thank you to kelly klein for joining us in the first part of the show um and now we have another announcement for you uh it's not another special guest but we do have an announcement uh as first the news first broke actually on our interactive max wrestling podcast group on facebook yesterday no not yesterday it was a couple of days ago actually it was yesterday at the time of recording there there will be a brand new max wrestling spin-off show coming very soon where we will be focusing entirely on New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, it won't be a weekly show, it'll be every now and then after every pay-per-view, after every tournament. 
So look out very soon for New Japan Max Wrestling Podcast, the spin-off show. Speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, they pretty much kicked off the weekend of wrestling that we had this past week. That just, I I can't really think of that much to complain about. Every show had something good. Um, again, we're going to be talking about New Japan in the spin-off show very soon, but for now, there was some stuff this weekend, and headlines were made when Kenny Omega was apparently kicked out of the Bullet Club by Cody Rhodes. Sorry, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, man. Like, I was checking out the highlights of this because I heard big things, and always New Japan does big things. So we got Switchblade Jay White as the new United States champion. Cody Rhodes giving the crossroads to Kenny Omega. Um, we have Sho and Yo beating the Young Bucks, and they regain the IWGP tag titles. We got Minoru Suzuki uh, is now the new Intercontinental champion after referee stoppage. I mean, a lot of big things happen. That guy is a killer. He is the main in Shamrock. I mean, the dude is just tremendous. Suzuki Goon. I mean, the whole nine, man. It's great. And the thing is, I'm going to say this right now, but I know we'll do Impact in 60 seconds later, but this actually ties into New Japan because New Japan has their California shows in March. And obviously, we got to get Jericho and Naito on that big show. We got to get Omega and Cody Rhodes. Cody, sorry. But yeah, so we got to see a lot of great stuff. But here's the thing, man. They already sold out in, like, 20 minutes. So here's what you got. You got, oh, come see New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kenny Omega, Cody Rose, Chris Jericho, Okada, blah, 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 blah. You know, tickets are on sale. You know, it's already sold out. And then you have Impact Wrestling running on March 25th, and it's like, hey, guys, um, please come see us. So yeah, You can have dinner. Yeah. You can have dinner with, uh, with Gail Kim or whatever. Yeah, I mean, come, please come see us. Dude, I'm going to rant. I, I saw the um, – I got to send it to you because I forgot. I should have sent it to you before, but I'm going to tell you about it. But, but I'll show you. All right. So they have the Long Beach show coming, and you look at the poster, and you're looking at this, and you're like, where's Austin Aries? He, he, the dude is your champion, and he's not on the poster. What the fuck? Exactly. Like, the dude's your champion. Like, do we not know who's coming and who's going? I mean, we did see the big one this week as, you know – Jeremy Borash, who we never thought would leave Impact oh, wow. Wrestling, is, is now in the WWE. So that just came out of it, nowhere. It did come. It's like an RKO. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, hey, Jeremy Borash is in the WWE working with NXT. We'll probably see him get involved with the Woken, uh, you know, the Woken Warriors and everything. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that's a great get. That's a Triple H get for you right there, Jeremy Borash. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always said I love JB. So much respect for him. Um, actually, a highlight of JB is when I attended uh, Impact, or was it still TNA back then, in Manchester one year. Of course, we take signs, don't we? That's what we do as wrestling fans. One mm-hmm. that caught his attention was uh, a, a sign that featured, I think it was EC3, Lashley, and AJ Styles, because he was still there. And the caption said, no famous family required. So yeah. he, he liked that one. Well, here's the thing, and yes, that probably was still when it was DNA, before it was yeah. GFW Impact and Impact GFW, and oh, hey, we have six eyes, oh, hey, we have four <laughs> The thing with JB, uh, I don't think many people realize, unless they actually attend Impact shows, or, well, WWE shows now, is that <laughs> JB is so good in between segments being taped at keeping the crowd excited and loud and getting them riled up. 
Absolutely, man. I mean, he's been out here for a woman. They did the Westbury shows out here. I mean, he's great at living up the crowd. I mean, just great shows back in the day. And I'll be honest with you, no, when they came back for a Long Island and Staten Island, I did not go to those shows because I'm just like, it's going to be the same stuff. And to be honest with you, it's a different roster from what we had back in the day. And then you look at the Northeast out here, man, they were supposed to run in Connecticut, but ticket sales were so low that they couldn't even, they couldn't run in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I said to somebody this week. I, I think it was after the JB news broke. I mean, I hope TNA uh, Impact can turn it around, but it's just kind of one bad move after another, and there's one person leaving after another, and then another person leaving, and then another person leaving, and then the management changes, and then the name changes, and then they got more sides, and then they got less sides. It's just, it's a without sounding too negative, it's a clusterfuck. Well, look at what they were going to do. Don Callis, who says one thing, oh, you know, I'm not going to be on commentary. But what was the original idea? They were going to have – so they transitioned Josh Matthews out because he's Matt Seidel's spiritual advisor, spiritual animal, whatever the fuck they're doing there. Yeah. And you were supposed to see Jeremy Borash and Don Callis in the booth. So it's like, Don, you said you're not going to be a part of it. Then it was supposed to be you and Jeremy Borash in the booth. And then something happened in between there where JB's like, no, I'm done. <laughs> I, I also find it hard to believe Don because another thing he said was that they were putting the – um, the Grand Championship on Josh Matthews to retire it. Now Matt Seidel's the freaking champion after Austin Aries won it. <sighs> what the fuck is going on? They need to scrap <laughs> it. They really, I mean, they're stuck. I mean, you never know what to believe because they're talking about this and they're going to retire it or we're going to scrap it, but <sighs> I don't know. And that is two new champions. Just, it, it, I don't even want to. But we'll get to that when we get to Impact in 60 seconds. It makes me sick. Because there actually might be more releases, which I'll talk about when we get to there. But, yeah, I just figured I'd mention, because the New Japan tie, because they're running the same date. And I'm sorry, people, but what show you, would you rather want to go see? You want to go see Jericho and Naito and friggin' all these great matches, or do you want to go see Eli Drake versus Johnny Impact for the upteenth time? Oh, I mean, I like both of them, but... I like them both, too, man, but it's just like... There's a reason why people are going to go to California, because you know you're going to get Jericho. And Naito for the first time. And Naito. I mean, yeah. And I'll be honest with you, man. we got to get that a New Japan-WWE relationship. I mean, if Impact thinks they're going to because they got Don Callis. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, well, Okada members is what I'm saying. Uh, speaking of Impact, we saw a very familiar... Impact face in the NXT crowd at TakeOver, which I gotta say, I didn't like, because I, of course, wanted them to go to the main roster and that's EC3. Um, you know what, man? I'm actually okay with it, because it adds more talent to eat to the NXT brand, and I think they're gonna be a lot of call-ups after WrestleMania, so I'd love to see him go against guys like Andrade Cien Alamas. Um, another one would definitely be, once he comes back, you get to rekindle and uh, rehash that EC3 Drew McIntyre feud. I think that will be some great matches. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great matches that he could have down in NXT. I mean, the guy, the last time we saw him in NXT was in 2013. His last match was yeah. actually against Big E. Um, but yeah, man, there's just so many different crop of talent down there, and there's so many great matches that he can have. I would love to see EC3 against Adam Cole, or whatever you do with him. I mean, it's going to be great. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll be great in NXT. I just wanted to see that surprise debut on the main roster and then the huge pop that he would have got. Yeah, EC3 at number three in the Rumble, but no. Come on. 
Come on, duh, that's a dead <laughs> You have friggin' Ty Dillinger coming in at 10 again, but then he gets a t- attacked by his fellow Canucks and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But I'm like, you could yeah. you see that number three. And then he completely ignored it on SmackDown and completely <laughs> forgot about it. Yeah. Do- well, doesn't matter. I'm like, what is that? I mean, you have Baron Corbin come in and like, you're still here? Unlike your money in the bank briefcase, Baron, go fuck yourself. Baron. Um, yeah, two great matches, actually, that, um, that I forgot to mention. One, of course, was from uh, New Japan, which was Omega and Switchblade. Outstanding match. Tremendous. Uh, and then, of course, was the main event at TakeOver, which was Almas and Gargano. Absolutely blew my mind. It did. Uh, you know what? I was okay with him winning because it was the underdog story, and he fought so valiantly. And I was so happy that they got Candice LeRae involved with that interaction with Selena Vega. Um, and it made for a great story, man. And then we have Tommaso Ciampa come out at the end and hit him with the crutch. So we're obviously going to get Gargano and Ciampa at the Mania you know, takeover, which Gargano got to get that win, man. I mean, we all, we all called that weeks ago, um, but it was still good. Um, popped pretty hard for uh, Candice LeRae jumping the rail and just taking out <laughs> Selena Vega. Um, yeah. But oh, so many false finishes and near falls. It was such a good match. It um, was. It was good. Top to bottom, that card was good. I mean, yeah. Velveteen and Cassius Ono had their botches in there. But, dude, that match was great. He was going to knock him out in 30 seconds. He, he dings him, and then freaking Cassius Ono knocks out his mouthpiece. <laughs> and uh, Adam Cole, Alistair Black. Oh, man, that, that was a oh rough match. God. The, the chair. The, <sighs> the, bat, the ladder. I mean, everything in that match was just, it was stiff. And then at the end, he's like, I'm going to end you. Whap. Black mask. One, two, three. Yeah, and the Kendall stick. Mid-moon goal, just sick. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, just once again, NXT knock it out of the park. Yes. Um, now we get to the Royal Rumble. I know um, uh, we spoke to Butcher throughout the week who wasn't really happy with the Rumble, um, and which is fine. A lot of people have compla- uh, had their complaints about it. I mean, me personally, I loved both Rumble matches. I think all the title matches were um, left a little bit to be desired. Maybe they were just overshadowed by how big both Rumble matches were. Um, I mean, the only one that really was memorable was the Triple Threat match. I really did like that economy in that matchup. Uh, AJ Styles with Owens and Zayn. I mean, Owens was hurt, so you yeah. know he had to work around that. Um, pretty much, I thought the whole Rumble card was actually not bad. I did enjoy the Men's Royal Rumble. I. I it popped me to see the Hurricane in the Royal Rumble match and his interaction with Cena. I thought that was funny. Uh, Ray, which, yeah, he's going to Impact. But, yeah, the one-night appearance there at, a, at number 27, he got a great pop. I mean, who knows? I mean, he could still go to that company, but, you know, dude, oh, well, it, it was so funny. The, the great thing about it is, obviously, last time Ray was in the Rumble, he got booed out of the building, and it was in the same building because everybody That's- was expecting Daniel Bryan. That's true, yeah, man. What was that, like 2014, 2015? He comes in at number 30 and yeah. he gets booed because everybody wanted Daniel Bryan and then you don't get him, you get Ray. And then cheer when he gets eliminated. So it, <laughs> it was a nice redemption for Mysterio in the same city. And he looked great. He really did He's look great. He's in tremendous shape. Which is good. That That's really, really good. And I mean, the thing with him, man, is I don't think he wants to do a full-time contract. I think that's the big thing about it. Yeah. He doesn't want to do a full-time contract, and that's what they wanted to get him for. I mean, as far as I know, it was just a one-time deal with WWE. Um, 
it was a nice image as well seeing uh, Cena, Ray, and Orton next to each other, and then you got Nakamura, Balor, and Reigns. Well, yeah, it's the past versus the future, and I mean, it was a great dichotomy. And oh, speaking of cruiserweights, uh, Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, the GM of Two Hundred Five. For some reason, I didn't see that coming. I knew he was going to be on there, but I didn't think he would be the GM. You know, I think they'd have him wrestle, but no, he's the he's the GM. I mean, it kind of annoys me because in Impact he was very much in a non-wrestling role for a lot of his time there too, and well, people don't realize Spud can go. He can. He. I always felt like this. So, dude, at the time we had Mark Andrews leave that company, Impact Wrestling, to go participate in the UK tournament, yeah. and I'm looking at Rockstar Spud, who's in the middle of a feud with freaking Hornswoggle, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> you should be in that tournament. What, what are you doing? Ah, oh, man. I mean, he was the first um, British bootcamp winner, so I, I, I just think they could have used Spud a lot better. I mean, hopefully he's not a GM for long, and he starts. Having some great matches on 205. Uh, who knows, maybe maybe I'll start watching 205. <laughs> Honestly, I've never watched a whole episode of 205 live. Um, well, this it was special because you know we had uh, the opening matches in the in the tournament. I mean, Cedric Alexander and Graham Athletic had a great match. Um, we got to see um, Pete uh, Pete I'm sorry Tyler Bate and um, TJP have a great match as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tyler Bate's out. Um, and Tyler Bate had a great match at Roderick Strong this week. But here's the thing, man. Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong is going to be a great match. I know we're bouncing around, but we'll get to NXT. And Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong is going to be great for the UK Championship, yeah. uh, including the UK talent for the Cruiserweights. That's just great dichotomy right there. And I'm looking forward to see who else is in this tournament. Who knows? We could also see the return of Rich Swan in this tournament since he's been acquitted of all charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're waiting to find out on someone else's charges, but again, we're not going to talk about oh. that because it's very, very personal. Um, and it's very, very controversial depending on your yeah, point of view of it. Exactly. I mean, the only thing that I will say about this, and this is this is the only thing, if you are an indie promoter and you want to book this man through all this stuff that's going on, you are an idiot. And same with Impact Wrestling. Do not book him. Stay away with all that's going on, man. Yeah, that's not to say that... Um... I mean, innocent until proven guilty, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Still, it's just... I mean, with all that's going on, you you got to stay away from it. It's just bad publicity at the moment. It is. Until you find out the truth or whatever. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, TakeOver was great. Uh, Royal Rumble was great. And, of course, um, I was really surprised the men's match was on so early. But, I mean, it's, it's nice that the women get some main events in the first ever Rumbles match. Obviously, they needed some cool-down matches in between. So, you know, it, it makes sense that they put the men's match on so early. Um... Like we said, there was a couple of surprises. Um, I think it de- obviously it topped last year's. Last year's was a shambles. But uh, honestly, I said this was the first Rumble match at the end that I've been completely satisfied with since like 2001 when Stone Cold won it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at these final. I'm like, and if they have Roman Reigns win in Philadelphia for the second oh, time. Man. That, that crowd will riot. And I like Roman Reigns, but it's great that we got to see Nakamura win. We're going to get Nakamura and Styles. Um, from the looks of it, man, we had Ronda Rousey. So I'm thinking we're going to get Charlotte and Ronda. We're going to get Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Yeah. We're going to probably get John Cena and Elias, which yeah. a lot needs to win. But I could definitely see Cena going over. And I think it's like like last year. Remember how we were all for Nikki? Yeah. I love 
and we wanted to see the Miz and Maurice win, but I was the only one who picked Cena and Nikki Bella, and then they did what they did. But yeah, and the, the whole thing is, man, I could see Cena winning at Mania, but Elias would be better off with the dub in that matchup. He, he needs it because Cena's just putting him down every time they come into contact with each other. Great. I mean, and then they're, they're in the Elimination Chamber match, which so far it's Braun, who absolutely murdered Kane on Raw. We have Elias, <laughs> we have John Cena, and then we got three other participants who are going to be in it. But here's what I could see. If Roman's in that match and they want to do Lesnar and Reigns, I could see Roman winning because I think the other rumored match for Braun is they want to do Braun and Triple H. Which? Well, I heard it was yeah. Miz and Braun. Um, Miz and Braun. Here's the thing. I heard Braun and H. I heard Miz and Braun. I mean, yeah. I, here's the thing, man. I don't know. I don't want to see him and Miz in a way just because I think he should be going for the world championship. I mean, what a comeuppance. I mean, Brock, you know, he did the whole thing at the Rumble. You know, you haven't beaten me, even though we forget no mercy. But you haven't. You didn't pin me in the match. And then you have the ultimate culmination being that Braun beats Brock at WrestleMania. I mean, call me crazy here, but that's the story of it. And you have Braun win the title finally, but I don't know, man. You never know how that company works. Well, I'm not sure if we're going to get to see Brock and Braun in the same match again after this past weekend. <laughs> oh, dude, man. God dang. I mean... <laughs> you know what? I'm completely on Braun's side with this because it was an accidental stiffney. They, yeah, it, it happens, but for Brock to react the way he did and deliver two legit punches, I mean, this guy's a former UFC champion. If he can't take an accidental stiff shot, then he's in the wrong business. Exactly. I'm watching that. I'm like, okay. I mean, the knee was stiff, but I don't think he meant to like clip him like that. But then friggin' Brock just clobbers him right in the friggin' face. I'm like, dude, it was an accident. Like, chill. Didn't put him down, no? <laughs> no, it did not. Because the man is superhuman. And I I'll be honest with you, did you see the mixed tag challenge, by the way? Uh, I didn't, but I did see the end of it with Alexa and Braun. Okay. Isn't that great that he's showing the personality and we're yeah. going to go all the way, Braun? And then you're like, wait, what? All the way? And then all the way to the end of the mixed tag challenge. <laughs> it's good that we're seeing that, but I don't really want to see it on, on Raw because he's got that monster persona exactly and by the way we also did find out that next week's match uh it's going to be jimmy uso and naomi against goldust and his new tag team partner who because alicia fox i believe has a hurt tailbone she's injured uh we got mandy rose filling in for uh for alicia yeah. fox rose gold rose gold yes <laughs> i mean it makes sense she wears gold there he's gold dust it's going to be good but yeah, I mean, the good thing about this Mixed Match Challenge is it doesn't uh, play into main roster storylines, but we're getting to see more personality uh, yes. from everybody involved, especially Braun teaching Alexa Bliss how to flip a car, which, did, which didn't knees. happen. <laughs> Bend your knees, Alexa. Use your knees. <laughs> I've been sweating that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else I got to say to that, right? Broad, you can't be doing this. I'm sick and tired of having these conversations with you. You're right, Kurt. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry that I do it even more. I'm gonna hate Brock. I love it. The man that, is great. I I found so much humor in that because Kurt Angle just is going nuts, saying you've got to stop doing this. You've got to stop putting people in danger. Wait, you put him in a last man standing match. I did my job, Kurt. <laughs> 
If you don't want him to hurt people, don't put him in a last man standing match, Kurt. I know, I know it's not really him booking it. I'm just speaking kayfabe. Sure, kayfabe. Kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe, kayfabe lives, dude. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, they didn't exactly have the best camera angle for that table flip on Kane because obviously you could see he was under the curtain. The table was never going to hit him. Exactly, yes. I mean, then they had to build the table ringside for them. Oh, with, <laughs> with barely any space between the ring and the table, just... Coach just is like, it's my first night back. <laughs> so, we mentioned Elias is in the chamber. Uh, what did you think of the whole Bray Wyatt-Matt Hardy dichotomy after that? Oh. I mean, they're just they're just laughing and smiling again, doing the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see more from these two. Um, it was, I think, I think neither of them were in the Rumble long enough. Um, yeah. Because they started eliminating people together and then they eliminated each other. I just think they could have spread that out a bit more. And the thing is, too, we don't get a match like that involves the compound at Mania, and I really don't want to see this match again, even though the refrigerator follows the Max Wrestling Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> I don't want to see House of Horrors 2 with Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Oh, I hated the House of Horrors. Uh, I don't, speaking of the chamber, I don't really want to sound like a broken record, but why is Cena in it? Why does because... he need to be in the chamber instead of Finn Balor? You know what it is, too? I'm going to say this. You know, you mentioned Miz and Braun. I'm going to say if they don't do Miz and Braun and they go with the Braun-Triple-H idea, I could definitely see Finn Balor challenging the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, it's a good start, but, I mean, he he still owed his rematch, by the way, for the Universal Championship. Exactly. <laughs> the thing is, I think it's the whole Triple-H is high in him, but Vince is like, he's too injury-prone, damn it. We, we can't have him in the morning, man. He's too injury-prone. Well, speaking of Vince, obviously he announced uh, XFL's coming back last week, which we all knew was coming. Um, oh, my God. He hates coming back. But maybe it's a sign of good things to come, because since Vince made that announcement, a lot of good things happened this weekend, which makes me think Triple H was more involved in the booking than Vince was. Vince, focus on the XFL. Let yeah, Triple please. H Please, just give just, us Triple H. Just give us Triple H. Go, go, go do the XFL with Dick Ebersole and get He Hate Me Back and just bring everybody. Bring Ricky Ortiz. I mean, Ricky Ortiz, rally up there, was a part of the XFL briefly. Go get Ricky Ortiz. I know he's married to Layla now, but go get Ricky Ortiz. Yeah, Ricky, not Tito. Ricky, not Tito, yes. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't you get started about Tito Ortiz. Oh, man, the man thinks he's such hot shit. Look at me. I got Jenna Jameson. Don't get me wrong. He's a great fighter, but God dang, he did not need to be a part of Impact. <laughs> And aces and eights. I'll rant about that all day. Friggin' August 1st is coming. Then it gets over like a fucking fart in church. Oh my god, it's Tito Ortiz. <laughs> who gives a fuck? And then speaking of who gives a fuck, I had a little thing because Scott Steiner, as we know, is now Eli Drake's tag team partner, and they're gonna go against LAX. But I hate to say this, people. The last time we saw Scott Steiner on Impact, and I'm not talking about the matchup that actually exceeded my expectations. I'm not talking about Steiner and, uh, and Josh against JB and Joseph Park with the whole Abyss thing, which was actually better than what people expected. But if you go back to that taping when Scott Steiner comes back, the crowd went mild. Nobody cared. I'm crickets. sorry. Absolute I had crickets. crickets. And I love Scott Steiner. I mean, he's very entertaining, but he's not the Scott Steiner of old. The dude is washed up. The man is the owner of Shoney's now. So you get the owner of Shoney's back at Impact Wrestling. And I know he could kill us, but the man is not the same as he was back in the day. No. Exactly. I mean, looking back now, he was overrated in 2003 when he came to WWE. Well, the problem with that, too, was he was hurt. 
And then he comes in and he does the match with Triple H, which everybody blames Triple H for that. No, it's called Triple H was trying to work around him, and he just shit the bed. That's what that was. It had a great build, and then Scott Steiner shit the bed. All right? That was not Triple H's fault on that. And I know people, Triple H at that time was the burial king, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, Kane. But, I mean, the man was the burial king, but that particular match was not Triple H's fault. I'm sorry. I had to defend the game on that one. I'll defend the game all day. Till I'm exactly. blue in the face, I will say Triple H is a Till hell of a I'm worker. Till I'm blue in the face, bro, I am not blaming Triple H. Even today, Triple H is a great worker in the ring. Exactly. And I think he'll, if they do him and Braun, Braun will kill him and, yeah! <laughs> so, yes. Oh, I love Braun. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, now, with the Rumble winners, of course, they are both Japanese. Uh, obviously people were going to troll and just say, oh, what, why why is ask, Why they won the Rumble? They can't even cut a full promo. Look, ask a cut a full promo on Raw. It's not her fault you don't speak Japanese. And the thing is, too, people don't think it's going to draw because they don't speak English, blah, blah, blah. Do you know how big that Japan market is? And, I mean, come on. And and you know that there's going to be a relationship now. I mean, if that's not a sign that Nakamura and Asuka win the Rumble, both two tremendous Japanese wrestlers win, I don't, I don't know what is. I mean, you know, you're going to have Asuka win. Uh, Nakamura and AJ Styles is the rematch from Wrestle Kingdom, but it's on WrestleMania. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that, man. Now, here's the thing with Butcher. He's a... Uh... He doesn't have high expectations of the way WWE are going to let him have that match. And I don't blame Butch on that. I mean, I really don't. But no. here's the thing. If you get Triple H around that, like we said, Vince, go do the XFL. Just just go. But, yeah, if you get Triple H involved with that, I think we can actually see something special. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen these two work together, and they put on an instant classic. Just, exactly. let, just let him go. Let him do what just... they got to do. I'm doing it. And instant classic, not to be confused with Christian Cage. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Charisma. Captain Charisma. Who who I thought was uh, a shoe-in for the GM role on 205, but... Yeah, but freaking you, you go with Spud, and I thought it would be great to see the Hurricane as the GM, and I think one of the other rumors I saw was Goldust, because he was involved with Cedric Alexander, but no, nah, I think Spud... Drake Maverick, I don't know how we got Drake Maverick, but okay. But, I mean, whatever. What's his real name, isn't it? Um... Oh God! Now, now you're gonna bug me. Now it's, gonna... <laughs> it's, oh, not, it's not Drake. It's it's a common name. His real name. It's but I can't remember name. what it was. I think it's Jonathan something. James Curtin. James. I knew it began with a J. And here's the thing too. Uh, his wife, his soon-to-be wife, I believe, Miss Renee Michelle, who we saw in the Mae Young Classic. I mean, he's got a beautiful wife. She's taller than he is, but he's got a beautiful soon-to-be wife. <laughs> Which I tried not to laugh at that because, you know, you have like this moment where, you know, he's proposing to the, the love of his life. But I'm like, dude, she's like a foot taller than you are. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, most people are a foot taller than Spud. Well, yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Rockstar Spud. I think he's a great addition. And you got Nigel praising his fa- his fellow Brett on a commentary. And I mean, I, if Nigel was the GM, I would have been great with Nigel because he was a great matchmaker for Ring of Honor and commentator as well. I, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I was a fan of Spud. When he first came to Impact, I bought his t-shirts. You, you, were, you were down with Spud, man. I was Absolutely. down with Spud. Down with Spud. <clears throat> um, now we don't know, of course, who Asuka's going to face at WrestleMania. Um, I mean, we probably do, but they've still got the first Elimination Chamber match to come, which, again, 
I'm not annoyed at the matches happening, but I'm annoyed at the way they announced it because they, they've made a big deal about women for a long time in WWE. And like, big announcement, first ever Rumble match, big announcement, first ever this and that. Stephanie just said it casually as a passing comment. Oh, by the way, we have a women's elimination chamber match. Oh, okay. Okay, thank, hey, thank when, you. When, 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 when was this announced? Hey, <laughs> split, 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 split uh, right at the spur of the moment. And by the way, I got to ask you, speaking of Stephanie, what did you think about her commentating on the uh, Women's Royal Rumble? You know what? Uh, I, I'll, I'll admit, she wasn't that bad. No, but yeah, at times there was like, it's all right, all right, Stephanie, we get it, shut up. But, you know, it was, she was okay. I mean, she was putting everybody over. She was coming up with facts. She, mm -hmm. she did okay. Uh, I won't complain about it anymore. <laughs> but, anymore. But I still think Renee should have done it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, she only commentated in NXT, so. <clears throat> yeah, she's, she's only super over with the fans. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, her and Dean Ambrose are married or anything like that. No. No. <laughs> um, right, so Fastlane is coming up as well for SmackDown. Yes. Uh, we don't really know which way <laughs> this one's going to go either. I mean, we know Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, have got a match next week and the winner faces AJ, which kind of annoys me because they're... Starting to just get it. Being, I mean, they were. It was awkward to watch at first, uh, mm -hmm. because you weren't quite sure where they were going with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But they've really come into their own as heel tag team, and now it looks like they're on the verge of breaking up already. Which it's like, come on, man! You you already you already like got this going. Where like they're the best friends and blah blah, and already you want to break them up. Fucking road dog. Fuck, fucking road dog, man. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, I mean, and the whole thing is, too, I'll be honest with you, of the two, I, I think because it's different, I, I would love to see more AJ and Sammy than AJ and Kevin. Yeah. Um, but I think if Sammy wins, then they're definitely breaking up because it'll just push Kevin Owens over the edge. Absolutely. Well, then, well, then we can finally get that Kevin owens Sami Zayn match one-on-one -on -one at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, I, yeah. I, I seriously nah. popped hard when uh, when Nakamura won. Myself included, man. Myself included. And as far as SmackDown goes, all right, so I can see I've been calling this for months, but they're finally, it looks like it's going to come to fruition. We're going to get the Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, speaking of the Usos, that's what I was going to get to on SmackDown. What the flying fuckers with the new graphics. Yeah, like, we had that, like, the social media thing with all that. Yo, Uso Penitentiary, locked down. And then we see the jail and the cell and locked down. We put them all on lockdown. We've been down since day one-ish. I got my Uso right here, son. Yeah. Just awful and unnecessary. And more annoying, yeah, more we, annoying we, than the cage door closing was the captions on every promo. Exactly. And, I mean, I was going to say, dude. I, I like the Usos' intensity. I think they're very entertaining. But yeah, I mean the, the the jail cell and then the social media with the captions. I'm like, come on. I'm like, we we get it. You're trying to go more social media and get the social media over. But it's like it was rather annoying. Very annoying. If if I want to see captions, I'll turn the subtitles on. 
Exactly. And I mean, we got the Bludgeon Brothers, it looks to be going against the Usos, and they killed poor Rory Gulak, who was the real-life brother of one, make 205 Live great again, Drew Gulak, and whoever his partner was. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Gable and Benjamin who friggin' jobbed out in two falls just to get Bree Breezango, which, yeah. And <sighs> I don't know anymore, man. And then we, it looks like for Fastlane, we're going to get Charlotte and Ruby Riot. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I know she's going to lose, but hey. And then you could have Logan and... um. What's her phrase? Liv Morgan go against, I don't know, Naomi and Becky. I, I, I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but they could do that. But, I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, I thought SmackDown was okay. And, I mean, friggin' poor Ty Dillinger had to do the job again because, of course. And, um, <laughs> I mean, poor Ty. And that's all I can say. Every time I see Ty Dillinger, I, it's like it's sad because I know he's going to lose. Hmm. Well, one thing I want to know, I know it was Becky Lynch's birthday. But where the yes. hell was she when Charlotte was getting her ass kicked? Yeah, what the hell, Becky? I mean, just let your poor best friend get, like, three-on-one attack right there. What in the world? Was was she just too busy eating birthday cake in the back, or did she not care? I mean, friggin' Sarah Logan got to hit her with that cartwheel kick again, man. <laughs> um, now, back to Raw quickly, because uh, there's something we forgot about when we were talking about Cena and Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. They made a big deal about how Cena was reacting to the crowd. And obviously we all know Cena doesn't really let the crowd bother him. It's not who he is. He just plays along with it. He takes it in his stride because he's, he's always got mixed reactions. Um, but he was purposely showing that he was getting bothered by the negative crowd reaction this week and the commentators kept pointing it out all the way through the match. So it just makes you wonder where they're going with it because surely they're, they're not finally going to turn Cena heel, are they? I don't know, man. But, you know, John Jack does not get bothered by the fans. My time is up. Your time is up. My time is up. Hey. Jack. I mean, if anything, you'd, you'd expect Finn Balor to turn heel, and then we'd have the heel club. The heel club, yes. Oh, oh man. But, yeah, I mean, I would have, like I said, Finn Balor should have won, but I get it. I don't know. Maybe we'll see a Balor scene if you'd come up. Um, I'm trying to figure it out, man. I mean, here's the thing. If they do Cena and Elias not at Mania but at uh, the Chamber, I could totally see... Oh, wait, wait, no, they're in the Chamber. I'm sorry. Then, obviously, they're going to do the match at Mania. My bad. But a lot of people want to see a Taker-Cena match. So, or something with Taker involved at WrestleMania. I mean, do you want to see Taker go at it one more time? I know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one because it's just like you had that weird ass speech at Raw 25, and then you're like, is he retiring? Is he not retiring? What's going on here? Mm. Uh, I, I kind of looked at it as a retirement speech. That's how I kind of thought too, but I'm like, I don't know. You never know with The Undertaker. Oh, and by the way, are we going to get Seth Rollins against Dad? Give us a rematch, Dad. My head. Ow. Mm. We're going to get it, and Jason Jordan's going to be <laughs> Dad? Um, actually, there's one thing I'm going to say now. Because Nakamura won the Rumble, and it looks like we're finally getting AJ Styles and Nakamura, I don't care what they do with Roman Reigns. I'm not going to let it bother me. If he faces Brock, I don't care. And Jason Jordan as well. I don't care anymore. Do whatever. I'm just happy. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, man. There you go. That's the way you got to be. You're just happy because you're happy. You're like Pharrell over here. You're just happy. But I, yeah, I, I, I don't care what else happens at WrestleMania. We got Nakamura Styles. That's all I care about. Exactly. And I mean, there's going to be some other stuff as well, but <clears throat> we shall see. But the big one is Styles and Nakamura. Yes. Yep. Yep. But you just watch. It won't be the main event. Yeah, of course not. Because, of <laughs> course, we got to put Brock and Roman in the main event <laughs> again. <coughs> oh, and do you see Carmella cashing in on the grandest stage of them all? And, like, uh, I mean, we tried. We had a failed cash in this week. But do you think she'll cash in on Charlotte at Mania? Like, I, I literally leaned to the edge of my seat when her music hit. I thought she was actually going to cash in. Then she drop kicks the ref. God. <sighs> Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to Carmella cashing in. I'm sure it will be at the Rumble now. Um, they let enough time pass where you nearly forget that she's got the the briefcase, but then they bring in a false cash in and just remind you she's still got it. So it's coming. It is coming. Uh, I think it'll definitely come before we get to the next Money in the Bank. Well, it has to. Otherwise, she's wasted it. Dur. One year. <laughs> um. So. Onto the other side of wrestling, which is the company of many names. Oh, you're really gonna make me get this out of the way now, aren't you? Okay, here we go. Oh, let's do it. Let's let's play the music. Impact in three, two, one. All right, so it's Impact in sixty seconds, and we just had Genesis uh, this past week for Impact Wrestling. Hey guys, remember when that was a pay per view? Okay, so now we got Matt Seidel beating EC3 in what was a very good match for the Grand Championship because, you know, EC3 is on NXT now, and even though he's there for a couple more shows, but we shall see if they edit that out. Uh, we have Laurel Van Ness, who's also gone and looks to be going to WWE, uh, defeat Ali to retain the Knockouts Championship, so we're going to see her on more shows. Uh, Moose got the win over Lashley, who also, by the way, is gone, even though he's going to be doing some more shows. And then Lashley finally speared KM and took out Dan Lambert and speared him through the table. We saw a matchup from Pro Wrestling Noah with Ishimori defending the X-Division Championship against Andrew Everett, and yes, he still does work there. Uh, it was fine for what it was. Ishimori gets the one with the 450 splash, and then we get to the main event of Eli Drake with Johnny Impact and Alberto El Patron. Triple threat, six sides of steel. Uh, it was a photo finish. Who's going to get out first? Is it going to be Eli Drake? Is it going to be Johnny Impact? Well, Chris Adonis, who again is also not there anymore because he's had enough. So uh, Chris Adonis catches uh, Johnny Impact and Eli Drake escapes the cage with the championship. And then next week is the match as A-Double makes his return and defeats Eli Drake for the global championship. Yay. And that was uh, Impact in 60 seconds. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but how can I be enthused when both of these people are not there anymore? And then we're going to get Austin Aries next week, which, yay. And then um, we're going to get Brian Cage, which, yay. And we're going to get Sue Young, um, yay. And I mean, okay. Now, this will go back to what I was mentioning, because did you see I sent the poster, by the way? Yes, I just saw it. And, dude, yeah. where's my champion? Yeah, where's our champion? So if you actually look at this photo, guys, for what we got going in the California area at the end of March. So on the poster, it's Alberto El Patron in front, Taya Valkyrie, Rosemary, Brian Cage, Matt Seidel, Trevor Lee, uh, Eddie Edwards, LAX, Santana, and Ortiz, Eli Drake, and Moose. Where's Austin Aries? Moose! Where's Austin Aries? Hmm. 
I mean, it's big time wrestling presents impact. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, no Aries. I mean, you would think you'd want your champion on the card, but I mean, that's that's just me. But hey, whatever. Hey. It's impact. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a house show, isn't it? But uh, it's a house show. I mean, it's not but, like yeah, he's Brock Lesnar. Austin Aries surely works house shows. That's what I'm saying, man. But I just mean you, know, you would think you'd want to book your champion, but yeah. So we got impact out of the way. We got redemption, and tonight they're actually, as we're recording this, they're gonna show uh, Aries winning the championship, which yay. And um, <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, speaking of more releases, it looks like so on the um. On the Impact side of things, on their website, they added Diamante, DJZ, Ava Story, who worked there for a cup of coffee, and um, I believe, oh my god, who was the other one? But they added some more people to their uh, alumni section. So DJZ, Diamante, and um, yeah, Ava Story. So there's a couple people that look to be going there. Well, number one with DJZ, great talent, but he's injury prone. Diamante is injury prone, but we shall see if Diamante comes back to check them hoes. Uh, Ava's story is okay. Who cares? Uh, Casey Spinelli, they didn't update to their knockouts roster page, so we'll see if she's going to be continuing to work there. I mean, she did, she's you know, she's wrestled in Canada, but let's see if she still works there after these set of tapings. And but yeah, man, who knows? That company is in such flux, it's not even funny. As, as we say every week, <laughs> we're gonna sound like broken records, but we say it every week. It is, I mean, people say WWE fans are like. Um, domestic abuse victims and like oh it'll be better next time with the booking but impact is worse but you know that impact's okay we're doing okay we got Don Callison's got the more hey we had a bright cage <coughs> excuse me we added two young <laughs> I'm, see, I'm, I'm starting at the case of insomnia I'm talking about impact there you go no <laughs> <laughs> oh man so to finish my train of thought but it's just like you guys just lost I know some people are all like you know well we'll still move the needle and I'm looking at you a certain lounge oh the, they're still gonna move the needle and blah 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 but I'm like you just lost your heart and soul with Jeremy Borash you lost the heart and soul someone who's been there since day one ish and yeah. then he goes and it's gone and it's gone. <sighs> well, yeah, people it turn into it. It is what it is, and they've had enough. But yeah, tune in, people. Aries just won in the championship. <laughs> Yay! All right, then let's uh, let's get the match times uh, for. Actually, let me see if I can get the match times for uh, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT this week. Oh. So. Raw had seven matches. As far as time goes, I'm going to give it, I think, a little over an hour. I'll give it like an hour and five. Uh, very, 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 very close. Um, oh, actually, this doesn't include the Tag Team Championship match because for some reason the time isn't listed for that one. <laughs> Uh, so without who cares about the tag teams? <laughs> without that match, it was one hour six minutes. Bite me! It was like right there. Not you. I'm not telling you to bite me. But the friggin' match does not include the tag title match. Yeah, that was not directed towards you. That was towards the match. Ugh. And SmackDown had five matches. I've got I got the times for all of these, by the way. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, so, 
42 minutes. Close uh, again. Uh, yeah. 40 minutes, 17 seconds. Oh, okay. I was, I was over by two minutes. Okay, so I gotta say, it had to be like 30 or 40 minutes. So there you go. Yeah, and let's take a look at the dark matches for Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Raw, two dark matches. One was Bailey defeating Sonya Deville. Because why okay. not? Uh, and then, then there was a six-man cruiserweight tag match. Kalisto, uh, Lince Dorada, uh, Grand Metalik defeated Arya Davari, Jack Gallagher, and TJP. Poor freaking Gallagher is doing the J-O-B to Tommy. And, you know, I mean, he's trying to stick up to be the new man with a plan. But, I mean, it's just it's not working, man. I mean, I like me some Jack Gallagher. I'm tired of seeing him lose. TJP is kind of funny because uh, he finally gets the win in the tournament. But we know he's losing to Cedric Alexander. Yeah. Uh, and SmackDown only had one dark match, which was Naomi defeating Natalia. Um, yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> yeah, I can't really say anything bad about that. But I'm like Sonya Deville and Bailey. Um, you know, Sonya Deville is like one of the newer girls, and you know, Absolution, and they're on a tear. But then, yeah. Roadblock. All right, now with NXT, let's. Uh, just remember, of course, it was taped after TakeOver, so it was ma- mainly filler this week with recaps and then a couple of matches. Uh, so three matches on the show. Um, match time-wise, well, the, the TM61 match was rather short. Same with Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans, who, oh my god, I love that woman. <laughs> Which gets into but, uh, and then the third match with the Littles the longest, I'm going to say it's got to be like 34 minutes. Much less. It was 15 minutes, 44 seconds. What the, what the fucking fuck, man? I'm trying to be like optimistic <laughs> and go with, these, go with these like matches, but then I didn't realize it was only 15 minutes. Are you kidding me? So Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans was two minutes, two and a half minutes. Um, oh, shit. And it just felt a little longer than that. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And TM61 and the early brothers was three minutes, 18 seconds. And then <laughs> the main event between Roddy and Tyler Bate was nine minutes, 57 seconds. See, it felt longer than that because, you know, Tyler Bate, you know, Big Mac spectacle, Roderick Strong. I mean, they're stepping the shit out of each other. And I'm thinking, all right, we're going to have like this classic. So it only went nine minutes? Jeez. Yeah. Um, but, man, another great match, of course, as we said, from Tyler Bate. Okay, and I think it's great that we have the Pete Dunn Roderick Strong match, which I'll be honest with you, I would love to see that at Takeover WrestleMania. I, I would love to save it for that instead of doing it on like a NXT show. Which don't get me wrong, it'd still be great, but I'd love to see you know on the big stage. Yeah, um, I mean, we've seen Tyler Bate and uh, Pete Dunn quite a few times, so I'm I'm cool with Roddy Strong. Although I am surprised for some reason. That Tyler Bate didn't win it. I think it's because I saw him the night before after um, 205 being interviewed backstage and just assumed that something big was happening with him. Exactly. And the thing is, too, I would have loved to see either him or Pete Dunne in the Rumble. Yeah, I think Pete Dunne would have got a great reaction. And the man wants to fight Brock Lesnar. Yes, as does um, Alistair Black. Okay. Brock Lesnar's a tough guy. But freaking Aleister Black coming at him with those kicks. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, bro. Now they'd be stiff. Now, okay. 
I want to see Brock Lesnar try to punch <laughs> Alistair Black in the face like he did to Braun Strowman. I want to see how that dichotomy happens. Yeah. Uh, well, there we go. I think we've covered everything from this week. Um, I think we did pretty well to get all that in yeah. in, the, in the second part of the show. <clears throat> uh, well, thank you, people, for listening. Don't forget, you can find us on YouTube, Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and, of course, on Facebook at Max Wrestling UK. For new episodes in advance and other news and good wrestling banter, you can join our interactive group at facebook.com slash groups slash Interactive. And you can also find me at Dazzy MWP. When the Butcher's around, you can find him at 6ix9ine And, of course, you can find our Captain Mike Larkin at... Well, you guys can check me out on SoundCloud, MCLarkin92, or on the Twitter at SMShow1 or at MCL92. Um, one of the names who I mentioned when we were discussing... Ugh, Impact. Sorry to do that. But as we were talking Impact, uh, Casey Spinelli is actually going to be coming on my show very, very soon, so... I'm either going to be seeing former Impact Superstar or current Impact Wrestling Knockout. We shall see how that goes because, you know, that company. And number two, uh, big thank you again as we had Kelly Klein on today earlier in the first part of the show. Uh, Kelly's going to be doing some more audios with me on the SNM Show Podcast Network, so stay tuned. And, yeah, just a lot of great stuff from uh, our network, the Max Wrestling Podcast. And, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we have going on in the future. And Kenny Killer, I'm coming for the championship. <laughs> Yes, uh, thank you again to Kelly Klein, uh, and we do, of course, look forward to Promania featuring Killer versus Larkin. Um, <clears throat> of course, you can show our other shows some love. Uh, you can catch the whole first season of Throne Zone at Throne Zone UK. Season 2 will be coming uh, this summer, where we'll be taking a look at each season per episode, uh, while we count down to the final season. And Hidden Gems is available at DB Hidden Gems. Uh, the latest episode is still uh, The Butcher and Myself talking See No Evil, Hear No Evil, starring Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. you got to check it out because it's a classic, cult classic comedy. Um, <clears throat> hopefully more Pryor and Wilder coming soon as we're looking, uh, hopefully, at Stir Crazy for the next episode. Uh, and that is the bottom line. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Kelly Klein. Yeah. <laughs> the gatekeeper. The pretty badass. And I also got three words for you. Impact, cures, insomnia.